Coming up on Lockdown Bearcats today, more on Luke Fickle and his new contract extension and a look ahead to tonight's Bearcats game against Wichita State. That's on the hardwood, that is. All that coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats. on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Frank, welcoming you to Today's show, so much to get to today, more on the Luke Fickle contract extension, which I, I still am so impressed, and I, I always will be, of the kind of head coach and um, the kind of man Luke Fickle is. I've said this before, college football is a sport where the face of the program, the face of the program is the head coach. It's different in the NFL where the face of the franchise is the quarterback. You know, players came to the Bengals this year to play with Joe Burrow. They didn't come to necessarily play with Zach Taylor. When you talk about players wanting to go play with Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, in college football, it's the head coach. You know, it's the head coach. He makes the program. It's his system. It's the, it's the way he wants this program run. Players come and go. You know, in the NFL, it's almost like the head coaches come and go. The players come and go in the college level. So Luke Fickle is the face of the program. But in no way does he make himself more than that. He doesn't, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't make too much of that. Very humble, very down to earth, very understanding of what this sport is about. And one thing, you know, I mentioned yesterday, two words he used in that Q&A with Justin Williams, community an impact, and I think another word, he didn't use it as much, but one word that he did, another word that he did, um, he did use is relationships. And I think that can get a little bit overlooked in this sport because it's so intense, because it's so, you know, every single week, especially in football, you're hell-bent on, you know, putting together a game plan, scouting, watching film, you know, traveling if it's a road game, you know, final preparations, you know, getting everything ready. It's sometimes relationships don't get talked about as much, but I think in this case, it's really interesting. With relationships, you know, and you heard Joe Burrow talked about this um, leading up to the Super Bowl when he talked about um, the one thing he enjoys the most about being quarter, being a quarterback is the relationships. You mentioned how he comes from a small town in Athens. It doesn't matter if you come from Chicago or a small town in Alabama. You know, it's all about relationships, developing those relationships and fostering those on and off the field. You see it with Burrow and Chase. They play together in, in, at LSU. Now look what they're doing with doing with the Bengals. And relationships, I, I think, are such an overlooked part of the sport. But at the same time, at the same time, they're very important. So one thing that stood out to me, I went back and, and read through that Q&A for some more takeaways. And one thing that 
Luke talked about was the first thing that he wanted to make sure when he got when he was um, talking with director of athletics John Cunningham about the contract extension was to make sure that the assistant coaches were taken for, were taken care of first. Now think about that for a minute. Think about what I just said. Luke Fickle's making sure that the assistant coaches are taken care of first. That is, um, that, 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 that says a lot about who he is, relationships with his assistant coaches. And he talked about that. That's the one thing he likes about coaching. He said the thing he enjoys most about being a head coach is the relationships with the coaching staff. And he talked about that they have, you know, families and, you know, they have their lives too. They're human beings. And for him to make sure that the assistant coaches were taken care of, guys like um, Mike Tressel and um, Gino Gadouli and, I mean, um, there's been a a slew of changes, you know, at at position coaches, but you're thinking about all the assistant coaches, Tressel, um, Gadouli, um, Stuart, Walter Stewart, Kerry Combs, um, Colin Hitchler. The fact that those guys were taken care of first, it says a lot about who he is. And that, the fact that he enjoys that the most about being a head coach, because with assistant coaches, and Luke, talk, and Luke also mentioned this, you know, when he was in his first season, and I mentioned yesterday, he did not ask administration for help with anything that first season. And Justin said that it didn't seem normal to him. I didn't think it seemed normal. I think if I was a head coach in his position, and I'm four and eight, yeah, I want some help because I have a vision. I want I want to get this program to where you know up here instead of just being down here down here, so to speak. But Luke didn't. And then the administration asked him, do you want the assistant coach's contracts to roll over? He also said no. So at that time, Luke Fickle was not only, you know, he wanted to make sure that this program is being run the way he wanted it to be run, but also that his assistant coaches, his assistant coaches were on the same page. And if they weren't, they weren't going to have their contracts rolled over. No job was safe. And that might be harsh to some of you, to some of you who might think that if you're listening to this, which you are, of course, so. You might think some of you listening to this might think, well, that's harsh that, you know, with the assistant coaches. I mean, those are his coworkers and colleagues. And yeah, that's true. But um, he, but that's why now with the contract extension, he wanted to make sure that the, that the assistant coaches were rewarded. He never loses sight of relationships and he never loses sight of the big picture that is what this program is doing. That is, I went when I went back and read that, and he talked about relationships with his assistant coaches and Desmond Ritter, and the assistant coaches stood out to me, because sometimes we don't think about that. Sometimes we don't think about relationships and how much of a you know factor they are on a football team and on a football program. Luke Fickle has shined a has shed a light on that. And it, it just makes me, and I hope it makes you, really love the fact that he's the head coach of this program. A program that we keep talking about five years ago 
was in the depths of irrelevancy in college football, especially being in the American Athletic Conference. And now Cincinnati is coming off of a college football playoff appearance. I mean, I remember I felt I, I felt like it was great just to be in the New Year's Six Bowl in 2020. And the there was that possibility going into last season of, yes, this team could make the college football playoff, but I, I, I was like, okay, yeah, that's great, but realistically, are they going to make the college football playoff as a group of five teams? And there's so many other Power Five teams you know, that could have nabbed that fourth spot because I think if I think I knew and maybe you did too, if Cincinnati was going to make the playoff, they were going to be the four seed. Like if the college football playoff committee, which we know we have preconceived notions of them, if the college football playoff committee was going to actually do the what was previously thought of as impossible and put a group of five team in the playoff, then it was believed that they were going to be a four seed and they were, but the fact that they were there is still impressive, especially where this program has come, you know, from five years ago, more on Luke Fickle and his contract extension next here on locked on Bearcats. But first I need to tell you about BetOnline.net because while football may be over for this season, I was thinking to myself today, what the heck am I going to do on Sundays and Saturdays now? But basketball is in full steam for both pro and college troops. There's some good college basketball going on right now. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you on this Wednesday, February. I'm sorry, Thursday. Did I say Wednesday in the first segment? If I did, excuse me. Um, it is Thursday. February 17th of 2022. Happy birthday to the GOAT, Michael Jordan, who is uh, 59 today. 59? Is he really 59? I think he is. He is 59. Holy. (laughs) I mean, yeah, 59. All right. Moving on. So there were some other things that Luke Fickle talked about. Um in that Q&A with Justin Williams. Again, if you're, um, I talked to my, in my first segment about Luke Fickle um, talking about relationships, especially with his assistant coaches, but there's other things too that stood out to me. Um, so what made this season, and, and I'm, I'm kind of bouncing around here, but what made this season of football, not just the Bearcats, but the Bengals too, and I know I talk a lot about the Bengals perhaps more than I should, but these, but you see this city, it, it's not just now where you have your Bengals fans and your Bearcats fans. No, now you have the director of communications for the Rallycats, um, or yeah, just a, a member, a friend of mine who's the director of communications for the rally cats, um, which is the student spirit group at UC. 
he's been posting stuff on his story of, of the Bengals playoff run. And I, I hadn't seen that from him and really a lot of other Bearcats fans. Bearcats fans have been, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying this is good now. You have Bearcats fans who, you know, are excited about the Bengals. You have Bengals fans excited about the Bearcats. I mean, this is what this city should be. You had two great quarterbacks in Cincinnati this year, Desmond Ritter and Joe Burrow. I mean, again, like Lance McAllister said, um, or, or someone said, what other city in Cincinnati, what other city in the country can have a team can claim they had a college football team make the college football playoff and a NFL team go to the Super Bowl. I, now, again, the unique thing about Cincinnati and now having a really good college football program, because, again, you look at your top college football programs, Clemson in a small town in South Carolina, um, college in a college town in South Carolina, not a metropolitan area, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, not a metropolitan area. Eugene, Oregon, not metropolitan. Ohio State, Columbus, yes, that is more metropolitan than the other three I just mentioned. But think about other programs like Georgia, Athens, not metropolitan. Um, LSU, Baton Rouge, not metropolitan, although it is very close to New Orleans. Texas is in Austin, that's a little different. But you're getting the theme here. Like, look at your major cities. USC has been down for years. UCLA has been has not been a you know a premier football program. That's a basketball school primarily. Um, go to Chicago. Northwestern has not been you know really at the top of their conference since the mid to late '90s. Think about Philadelphia. Temple's not very good. Villanova's an FCS school. Cincinnati's a metropolitan area. It is a mid. It is a you know mid market, mid major market, but it's still metropolitan, and you have. A, you know, a city that even on campus has a citywide feel to it. But now you have a college football team that's starting to win, and I don't see it you know, losing that winning pedigree anytime soon. They have a um, um, they have a NFL team who is who took this city by storm the past two the past month and a half with their Super Bowl run. So. It's so unique when you have a college football team doing well in a city because that not only engages the campus, but it also engages the city. But there was also a common theme between these two teams. And the Bearcats had been good the previous three years prior to 2021, but the Bengals weren't very good the previous five years prior to this season. Both teams broke through. The Bearcats made the college football playoff for the first time ever. First time ever a group of five team made the college football playoff. The Bengals won their first playoff game since 1990. They went to their first Super Bowl since 1988. That is significant when you have two teams who broke through. And how much fun was it? How much fun was it for you when you were caught up in, are the Bearcats going to, in fact, go to the college football playoff? Are the Bengals going to potentially win the AFC North get a home playoff game, finally get an opportunity with Joe Burrow and all the other great players they have to break a 31-year drought. And then once they once they won their first playoff game and then they went into Tennessee and the reality set in, oh, this team could in fact go to the Super Bowl, and then they did, how much fun was it for you to experience that? 
Paul Dougherty did a piece for the Cincinnati Enquirer, a video. He, he voiced a, a video, which he did a fantastic job of doing, where he, he talked about a generation and what a generation is defined as 30 years. Well, 30 years, I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday. Like, yeah, the Bengals lost in the Super Bowl. I don't think, and it's the first time that I've experienced the Bengals going to the Super Bowl, that I'm almost thinking about it now as if, eh, you know what? I had never seen a playoff win. Our Super Bowl, to me, was winning a playoff game. Now, obviously, I wanted to win a Super Bowl as much as any Bengals fan. Them, the Bengals to win as much as any the Super Bowl as much as any Bengals fan there is. But it still felt like breaking through. The first time you do something, it's special. Like when the Giants, like I grew up a New York Giants fan. I have family from New York. When the Giants upset the Patriots in 2007, that was elate. That was, you know, elation. When they won again in 2011, it felt special, but it, it, it kind of, it didn't, it was cool. It was great, but it didn't feel as special as the first time. The first time you do something. And I'm going to talk about this tomorrow. Um, the if not now, when? When are you going to break through and win the ultimate prize? Because if you do it, if you do it the first time you break through, it can feel a little more special. But the fact that both teams broke through and the Bearcats made the college football playoff and the Bengals won a playoff game and got to the Super Bowl. Luke Fickle talked about um, – the question was asked, do you feel that way with this program in the playoff? Will it ever feel quite like it did last season? Luke Fickle said, in quote, I don't know. I'm not one of those guys who looks back on a whole lot. I think it makes it more difficult each time you try to outdo yourself. So I don't know if it will ever feel the same. But I know this, that group of guys, it's hard to think you'll have any group you feel as much for because of where they came from and where they got us to. All those things added together, I don't know if it will ever feel the same. But I sure as hell want to see what the next one feels like, end quote. Great answer. When you think about the Bearcats, the players that were on this year's team, those that were on the team in 2017, and those that were a part of a 4-8 and eight team, and understand that, yeah, it sucks for the fans, but you're not, but we as fans, we're not in there at, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning, whether it's, you know, a 25-degree day in, in February or a 90-degree day in July, we're not out there at 6 a.m. grinding like those players are. And all the preparation that goes into a football game. And then you think about the emotion, and Luke Fickle talks about this a lot too, the emotion and the intensity of a football game. And when you lose, it sucks. Like, it, like they, it, it does suck. And that's why, you know, it, sometimes – scratch that thought there, but it's so hard for the players – and when you win, I think maybe the last four years, we've expected the Bearcats to win every game, and we kind of take it for granted. But those players don't because they know how much work goes in every week. You slack and you don't prepare as hard for one game, it could come back to cost you. The Bengals saw that against the Bears and the Jets. We saw that. And you think about the Beng- and you think about the Bengals players and the players on that team, the free agents had been in winning cultures, but the core players that had been here in Cincinnati, Boyd, Mixon, Sam Hubbard, Jesse Bates, all they knew was losing, and a lot of it. That's why it was so special to see them break through. It was so special to see the Bearcats break through after years of building and building and building. So two kind of different situations, but still, 
both teams broke through. Um, here you go, another one. Um, Justin asked, what will it take for those who didn't need the same degree of blind faith in coming to Cincinnati to carry on the standard that has been established? And Luke Fickle said, quote, the relationship with them doesn't change, but I guess I worry a little bit more that they haven't had those really tough times. Again, though, you hear the word relationships. And that's and that's why you want Luke Fickle as your head coach. You talk about the two faces of Cincinnati football, Luke Fickle and Joe Burrow. They say all the right things, they're about all the right things, and they have delivered a Super Bowl appearance and a college football playoff appearance. How special was this football season in Cincinnati? Los Angeles can't say that USC and UCLA, that the Rams and the Chargers had an okay season. And, you know, the Lakers have recently won a championship. The Dodgers have been perennial um, championship contenders. But as far as NFL and college football, like USC and UCLA weren't very good. And um, the Rams and, and the Chargers didn't even make the playoffs. Cincinnati, and we talk about the Cincinnati football landscape as a whole. Now you have the Bengals and Bearcats prospering. You have high school football. You're, you have, you know, fan bases that are coming together. This is what it's all about. Like being a football fan in Cincinnati, and I understand it, it is going to suck. And I, I, I thought about this. It is going to suck that um, Desmond Ritter is no longer going to be here. Guys like Sauce Gardner is no longer going to be here because now that they've broken through, you wish they had a chance to build off of that. But you know, that's what legacies are are for. That's what you know ushering the next wave of players is for. Uh, more on Luke Fickle throughout later this week. Of course, we'll have much more on Bearcats football as we approach the NFL Combine March 3rd through 6th. Uh, when we come, uh, excuse me, uh, after a word from, actually, there is no word in this um, after this segment. So uh, after this, what we call ad locators, we'll get to uh, tonight's men's basketball game, the Bearcats against, against Wichita State. Um, there was a statistic that I saw in the box score from Thursday that doesn't have anything to do with what took place on the floor, but I have some uh, thoughts on it. I'll get to that next here in Lockdown Bearcats. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first Listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you. <laughs> Just um, I'm looking at um, something the NFL posted on their Instagram page, and it says the caption: "Never too early to ask who you got in Super Bowl 57." Like we just finished this season. Like, yes, I I can't wait for next season to start already. I can't wait for free agency. See who the Bengals sign the draft. Um, leading up to training camp when the schedule comes out and circling your calendars of, you know, this game is the game I can't wait to go to or this road game I want to travel to, which I'm gonna, I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm going to travel to a lot of games next year. I went to two road games this year for the Bengals. They're a blast. Um, uh, Bengals Thangs, <laughs> they commented, said, uh, AFC will be either Chiefs, Bengals, or Bills. Dark Horse could be the Chargers, and the NFC will either be Rams. Damn, if Rodgers actually leads the Packers. There's literally nobody else that is a serious threat other than maybe the Cowboys. Chiefs, Rams, or Bengals, Cowboys, Super Bowl 57. Whoa. 
Oh, bye. Um, anyway, so there's a men's basketball game tonight. Um, the Bearcats are taking on Wichita State. It's at 7 o'clock. You can watch the game live on ESPN, too. You can hear the game uh, locally on 700 WLW or 700 WLW live stream on the iHeartRadio app. Dan Hoare, Terry Nelson, Mo Egger will bring all the action for you from 5th, 3rd Arena, 2nd and 3 home games this week for Cincinnati. Um, I, I just feel like there might still be a late-season run in this team, and I hope there is because it sucks. And I love college basketball. Really do. Like, my favorite sport is, and I, I mean, no offense to the college channel of Locked On, but my favorite sport has always been the NFL. Second favorite's college basketball. College basketball is so much fun. And having been around the sport of basketball, understanding the the team aspect and the building of a team the development of a team, the family, the simplicity of the game. The goal of the game is to put the ball in the basket. Um, and just the, you know, the the numbers, the the preparation when I called basketball games in Cincinnati was, you know, it was fun, you know, statistics and watching film. And that, that's what I love about college basketball. And, and then March Madness, where there's so much basketball and there's so much craziness that can happen. Um, so, but it does suck when your team and your alma mater is not like my first two years, it was almost like we were just, you know, riding the regular, you know, going on this journey to the tourney through the regular season. Now you're not, it feels like you're fighting every single night. This team right now is 16 and eight. They're six and six in the conference. Here's a startling stat. Here's a startling piece of information for you. The Cincinnati Bearcats right now are 16 and 9, 6 and 6 in the American Athletic Conference. That, my friends, is seventh in the AAC. Seventh. But the startling piece of information here is that the Bearcats are only a game and a half up on Wichita State for seventh place. And if the Bearcats lose tonight, they fall to six and seven. Wichita State goes to five and six. They are even in the conference with a split in the series. Did I mention Wichita State beat Tulane? Cincinnati did not. As of now, Cincinnati is going to play on the Thursday of conference tournament for the first time since the tournament went to a Thursday through Sunday format. That is something I'm not a fan of, and I'm sure you're not either. But they're only in seventh place, seventh place in the American Athletic Conference. So on Tuesday night, the Bearcats played Memphis, and the attendance was 12,012, which is the capacity of Fifth Third Arena, the seating capacity. And I looked at that, and I was like, that's great that it was there were that many fans there. You know, Bearcats basketball fans will show up to games, but I just wonder, how, many, how much patience do Bearcats basketball fans have? My first few years at Cincinnati, Season tickets went like that after the fir- after my freshman year, which was the year, of course, they lost to Nevada in 2019, which was a really good year. And then season tickets were going, you know, they were being sold out in like minutes, hours. Correction. They were being sold out in very, very quickly. 
And yet the Bearcats weren't having a lot of success going into the month of March. In the month in the month of March, like my first two years, they were one and two in the tournament. 2020, we don't know if they would have made it. 2021, they came within a game of making it. I'm not sure even if they had made it, what they would have done in the tournament. But it it, it just, you know, this is not where Bearcats basketball is used to being. And it sucks. Like, it, it sucks, man. The fact that, you know, we're not getting excited as a, you know, a historically really good college basketball program. It sucks that we can't get excited for the month of March, where we're going to end up in the tournament, who we're going to play, where we're going to play. Can we get to the game? Well, you can, regardless of where they play, but are we going to play close to Cincinnati? My first two years, very fortunate that they did. And, like, it is, you know, right now the Bearcats, like, what's there to be excited about? Because you don't know what the future holds for Wes Miller. He's done a lot of good things, I mean, and for Wes Miller's program. He's done a lot of good things this season, but I just worry about, I just worry about the direction this program is going in. And like I said, maybe there is still a late season run in this team. I hope there is. They've got two more games this week, two games, they got, basically have six games remaining, which will get them to 31 games. It's not going to be easy. You look at the conference standings right now. You have you have four teams with nine wins. SMU and Houston are tied for first, nine and two, nine and two. Memphis is at nine and four. Tulane of all teams is nine and five. They're only twelve and eleven though. How's that figure? If the Bearcats had won against Tulsa and had won against Temple. And instead of being six and six, we're eight and four. I mean, they're right there to make some noise. They really are. And maybe if they have that late season run in them, like if you want to get to the top five in this conference, right now Temple would be the last buy in that first round at six and five in the conference. Cincinnati's six and six, they get Temple on Sunday. Like there's still a chance where you can go on a late season run and not have to play until Friday of conference tournament weekend, which would be huge because. Your last regular season game is Thursday, March 3rd at SMU. And then you have over a week off. That would be critical for this team. But they can't keep falling behind by 20 points. I'm at work last night, and I turned the game on, and they're down 20. And I can't stand to turn the game on when they're down 20. It can't keep happening. It can't. Wichita State comes into this game tonight, 13-9. They're 4-6 in the American Athletic Conference. All four wins in conference play have come since the last meeting between these two teams back on January 16th. The Shockers have three double-digit scores. Tyson Etienne leads the way at 15.1. Ricky Council, the fourth, at 11.3. Morris Udeze at 10.6. Here's the thing about Wichita State. They're not very deep. They only have 10 players who have played a game this season. And the 10th player on their, um, Chauncey Jenkins, on their, um, in their bot, in their season stats, he's only played 13. All the others have played at least, have played between 20 and 22 games. Um, 
they're they are a decent shooting team. They shoot 40% from the floor, but where you can exploit them is turnovers. They have three players with 40 or more turnovers. Um, and those are their three leading scorers. So they are limited in a way that um USF is. They're just a better team than USF, of course. They're very limited, but over the years, you've seen the Shockers, they get the most out of what they have. And it was like that before um, their run of, what was it, seven straight NCAA tournaments came to an end, or might have been eight, something like that, from you know the early part of the previous decade to 2018. So, I mean, it is a big game. It's always a big game when Wichita State comes in. Can Cincinnati, though, um, get out, get off to a good start, make some shots, be efficient, share the basketball? These are all simple keys to the games, I believe. But they're just not happening right now. We'll have a recap of the game for you tomorrow. Um, we'll also um, talk more about Luke Fickle's contract extension Um I said it earlier this week. I'm going to bring it up again tomorrow, if not now, when? And I might have an extra point on a story that I saw last week that really shook me to the core. Um, I saw it on Tuesday. It is very, very riveting. If I can squeeze that in, and I don't even know if I do it justice, if I just squeeze it in, I might bring it up because I do feel like everyone should know about this story. Anyway, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can also follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and you can email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Hugh with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow after the Bearcats hopefully get a win tonight against Wichita State. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day.